I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Hi, welcome to the Kate and Mike Show. This is Kate. And this is the other half of Kate and Mike. Mike. So, hi. We're still pretty early in the new year, and we've got an exciting topic for you today, which has been requested several times, which is about burnout. And we're going to be talking about how to avoid burnout in 2018, or basically like how to not exhaust yourself. And we've learned this the hard way, having a two-year-old, another baby on the way, running now a seven-figure business, moving twice in the last year, traveling to 45 cities or something last year. 54. Oh, 54. It's just too many, in my opinion. But anyway, 55,000 miles, yeah. 54 cities. A lot of airplanes, a lot of hotels. Oh, yeah. So anyway, I wouldn't say I burned out in 2017 by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, I definitely felt like I lived up to my word for the year, which was spaciousness. However, that being said, I see so many entrepreneurs and just ambitious people in general pack it in in January like and plan their calendars and like their eyes are bigger than their schedule and I have been that person many times and so we're going to just share some preventative ways that you can plan for rest this year and I was talking to my friend Carrie Montgomery last night another shout out to Ms. Carrie at Style by Monty on Instagram and she said doing the do less experiment, which by the way, you can sign up for still. We are two days in, but you can still sign up for it at do less experiment.com. Doing the do less experiment with me last year, she said starting the year off with it made her more productive and allowed her to make so many of her business dreams come true and life dreams come true in a way that she's never been before. So starting the year with the lens of doing less and looking at her whole world in a new way allowed her to get more done throughout the year while being well-rested. If that's not revolutionary, I don't know what is. I hope, Carrie, it's okay. I just shared your testimonial. So anyway, I thought that was really powerful. And so it reminded me as well how important it is to build in rest as a growth strategy, but also just because our bodies and our souls and our psyches need it. But first, I think we have a reader of the week, a listener of the week. We do. I don't think you can be a reader of the podcast. Well, if we, we transcribed, we don't know. We don't. We're not going we can to read, also. You can read all the details at katenorthrop.com forward slash podcast. We do have the show notes. Yeah. The show notes. We should tell people that more often. I feel like we don't do it. A... Let's tell people every episode. You yes. can get the show notes at katenorthrop.com forward slash podcast and there are important links you can read all about the people we feature any books we mention all the things are over there and i'll set a timer for five minutes and then we'll just mention it again in five minutes and for this whole episode that would be so irritating just kidding life dance seven so oh by the way do we sound different we have this new setup in our basement we have some fancy microphones now. Do we sound better? Yeah, well, hopefully. And then we have these fancy arms holding the microphones. So you can move it around. And then we're yep. going to get those logo thingies. 
Yeah, so you can get put them on the end of your microphone, so it'll be official, like, Kate and Mike show, which is cool. And then the recorder that I've been using is still the same recorder we've been using because the new one, I just have to make sure that, you know, I have to test it out a little bit, which I haven't done that yet. So before we switch over the new the recorder, which is great because it's I can operate per channel instead of this one's kind of all at one time. So it's cool. I and don't then even if know we what have, you're talking if about. If we have but... more than one guest or more than just Kate and myself, then we can actually have better audio because we noticed when we had guests in person, we had a little audio issue. Okay. So, yeah, hopefully we sound good. I think we look official. We're official, whatever that means. We're also podcasting next to a dollhouse, so I don't know how official we actually look. That's true. <laughs> as well as a teepee. This yeah, you have a teepee the, behind me. This is the me. multifunctional room yep. where it's our entertainment room it's penelope's playroom it's also mike's office it's also our podcasting studio so this room has a lot of functions i it's pretty cool i like it i'm grateful for the basement bravo says this is a five-star review uh this is from life dance seven i love how open and transparent kate and mike are Thank you both for being so generous with your knowledge about entrepreneurship and your willingness to share intimate information about your lives. Please keep sharing and shining as it motivates me to do the same. I am grateful. Great. We are grateful. I don't know who Life Dance 7 is, but thank you so much because we shared your review. I have a great copy of Karen Brody's Daring to Rest book. Yes. That I'm looking at right now that we are starting the 40 day to rest it's not a challenge but it is it's a it's a rest challenge of 40 days of yoga nidra daily we actually are starting it today but this podcast won't be out for a week so yep so i will send you that book and that's great so just go to instagram look for mike j watts that is w-a-t-t-s and then send me a message with your address and just do that and then i will uh send it over to you and if you don't have instagram find a way to get a hold of me because it's you it's not just that go hard there's a contact form mm-hmm. but yeah so you can do that life dance seven whoever you are thank you so much for listening and your review and for next week we will be announcing a giveaway for our friend gabby bernstein's new book the judgment detox we have two copies of that book to give away so make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and that you listen next week with Gabby so that you can learn how to win your free copy of The Judgment Detox. There will be two winners. Plus, I just got back last night from going to her book launch event in Boston, and I loved it. And I feel very inspired to detox myself of judgment, not only self-judgment, but also judgment towards others. And I think that given the political times that we live in and the socio, just the social times we live in, there's not a better time to look at our own personal judgments and to heal on an individual level so that we can heal planetarily. So that's just a little sneak peek of next week's podcast. But in the meantime, I love love that. Thank you for sharing. Thanks honey. In the meantime, we're going to talk about how to not burn out in 2018. So let's first start with talking about what burnout is. And you know, of course this is not an official definition. This is the Mike and Kate definition because you're listening to the Kate and Mike show. So that's what you get. (laughs) Um, So to me, you know, I'm sure that there are like actual medical definitions of burnout, but my version, you know, I've never burned out to the degree that like I'm not physically functional or I've had a nervous breakdown or anything like that just because I've never burned out to that extreme. But I certainly know people who have. 
And there's actually an entire disease in Japan, which I cannot recall the name of, but it means overwork death. And there are literally people who just die because essentially the medical community has noticed that there are all these symptoms that come from essentially just working too much and too much stress. So that's real. And just because there's only a Japanese word for it does not mean it does not affect us in the United States and in wherever you are listening from. Of course, you might be listening from Japan. I'm just going to give a shout out to Tiffany, Tiffany Toyota, just in case she happens to be listening. She's the only person I know in Japan. (laughs) 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 Um, Anyway. My one Japan friend. That's my Japanese friend. (laughs) Friend in Japan. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I feel like if you're listening from Japan, will you just message at Mike J Watts on Instagram? I'm just interesting. Or leave I'm, a review. I'm, I'm just interesting. I'm just. You can leave a review on iTunes. <laughs> I'm just interested. Anyway, so for me, my experience of burnout though is just like I felt pretty burned out after the book launch of Money: A Love Story, and it's no doubt, it's no surprise that I resisted doing another book. For literally, I realized last night I was thinking about my book launch because I got inspired by Gabby's and I was like, (laughs) it will have been six years, like five and a half years because my book comes out January 15th, 2019, my next book and Money, A Love Story came out September 15th, I think, or maybe September 10th or something. I can't remember. 2013. So I was like, wow, that's a five and a half year span where I just was like, I really burned myself out because I did too much. I think we did too much for the book launch. And I just got overwhelmed. And my experience, what it felt like was pushing, 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 pushing for months on end. And then at the end of it, my inspirational spark got burned out. Like that's what was burned out for me was like my creative spark. I just didn't have anything left creative juice wise. And apparently it took me five and a half years to get it back. No, not really. But like it took a good long time to really want to create from a deep place of soul creativity again. And what happened for me with that was just saying yes to too many things, saying yes to too many opportunities and not really sitting down to look at the whole launch from a perspective of which of these activities is going to give us the biggest bang for our buck. I just said yes to everything. And I sort of took the philosophy of, well, if we throw a bunch of spaghetti at the wall, something's going to stick. But what I should have done, whatever, what I'll do next time is look at the spaghetti and find the stickiest spaghetti and not bother throwing the spaghetti that doesn't stick in the first place, if that makes sense. So looking at it and saying, okay, what few activities are we going to do that will have the highest impact so that it's not just like, work, 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 but then half the things we're doing don't even have any results. Does that make sense? It does. Great. But it's funny because you said that we did too much for the book launch. We do way more now than we did launching the book. Well, I know, but now we have a team. Launching the book... Yeah, but personally, ourselves, we still do way more. Really? It felt like I did way more then. Like it felt like I worked more. Maybe I have I was another just take on this. How about can I can I present you another? Inefficient. Yeah, I'm I present curious. You yeah, another. what's your take? This was in September of 2013. Right. You left New York in 2011. 11. You met me in 
really we started traveling and dating in the early 2011 yeah. we never really dated we just got in a car together you changed your entire life you were in a relationship with your mother on a business side that ended and you wrote this book that was kind of the start of what your career was that was not attached to your mom yeah right because you were in a partnership with her previously and so this was really the breakout for you to become a real an individual yeah, yeah it, individual. Was my, it was my individual uh, yeah into what so, the frick is that word individualization individuation yeah so then on top of that then you like started this relationship with this guy that was unexpected and the truth is you didn't really want to talk about money for the rest of your life right it wasn't like the true calling i don't know i think that's my perspective on it so your perspective is that it was like it wasn't the book launch it was a year and a half of tremendous changes it was like the big leap right the big What's it called in the big leap? The big leap. An upper limit problem. Yeah. Like a massive upper limit situation because you are transitioning from what you're, tra- it's like the turning pro moment. And Steven Pressfield talks about where you take a left and a Y, right? Or you t- you have or yeah, left and <laughs> left and a Y. <laughs> what yeah. are you talking about? It's like, think about a Y there's a left and a right, like a fork in the road. So you can either oh. go one way and you stay on the path that you've been on and you can go the other way. And it's this whole much more challenging path because you're breaking out of what you've known. So I know you can either go left, left or, or Y. y. Yeah. <laughs> so, Right in. Please let us know. Yeah. Are you going to go left or why? Left or why? Please let us know. <laughs> so at that moment, was yours was really that turning pro moment where you had to transition to what's next. So it became far more stressful. And the fact that you were doing it with a guy that you just met. And there was a lot of videos. Don't get me wrong. There was a lot of hustle that went into that. From June until September, I we mean, were recording I videos and traveling. I did 52 money love story interviews, interviews with yeah. influencers and friends, which are such valuable content. But like, hello, doing that in t- on top of all the podcast interviews, on top of all the video interviews, on top of all the guest blog posts, on top of going to the Today Show, right? doing two live book launches. So it was from, a lot. Right. From a physical experience was a lot but then also emotionally was huge as well you're right it was a huge I'm a, it was I'm a, aware i edited those 52 videos yeah killer editing guys killer crushed it and if Just you want to watch those by the way it's really great content and it, you can get them over at moneyalovestory.com i would say it's probably the most underutilized content we've ever done yeah like someday that's, that's we'll, a value someday we'll figure out what to do with yeah this. a value big for oh i'm i got ideas they're, oh, good. they're what I'm touching the end it of it. It just was looks creepy. Weird. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> like rubbing it just, circular it, it was, motion it was around creepy the end looking. of the microphone, so it looks a little weird. But yeah, there's this guy, the nomeatathlete.com. So I've been on this whole thing about like eating less meat now. I've, this, I've been entertaining this for a while. I have not exactly started this process yet, but I'm just... it's. But it's, this is how you are. You researched CrossFit for a year before you started doing it, and now we have... Try like three like years. a state-of-the-art CrossFit gym in our garage. Yeah. And you even got your wife doing pregnancy CrossFit, although you didn't have anything to do with that. No, that was I'm, self-directed. I'm yeah. Shout out to birth. But it's the same way when I quit partying and quit smoking and did all that other stuff. But What, did you think about it for a long time before you did it? Yeah, I stopped... Well, when I quit smoking, I stopped buying cigarettes. Oh. Then, I, then I just worked for a cigarette company, so it, you know, then you get them for free. But like, 
even in college when I didn't want to smoke, I would just stop buying. Then maybe I became the bummer. So then I'm just bumming cigarettes off all the other people that have cigarettes. And so it just slowly declined from it. And then I just stopped. At Philip Morris, I just stopped when I was there. I was just tired of Which is impressive to be working for a cigarette manufacturer and quit smoking at yeah. the same time. I just read the other day that they're going to stop. They want to get out of the cigarette game. Philip Morris International wants to stop making cigarettes. They want to get into electronic like e-cigarettes oh, business the and then everything else besides smoking. Yeah. So like vaping and then tobacco or the like the dip products that you put in your lip and all that stuff. Yeah, crazy. Anyway, so just switching note. from one carcinogen to another. Yeah, correct. They're still going to be in the death game, but yeah. So we're going to be Let's not talk about them. <laughs> What Okay, so when have you experienced, so I've shared kind of that's one of my key experiences of burnout. When have you experienced that? I think I'm still in it. I think I'm on a four to five year trajectory of burnout that's happening right now. But it's productive burnout. It's really interesting. I have never, so I've never experienced like a bottoming out period from working too much. Right. What about that part, that time when you were working and going to business school and getting sick don't you think that? Oh was yeah, that was yeah. Out? Good point. Yeah. Why don't you talk about that? So, well, then I can talk about the whole like five year trajectory of burnout that's happened, but that's a little different. I think it's just called parenthood. I would say parenthood. I had to adjust the chair. Okay. Like you're just making all these noises that are going to show up on the. They're podcast. not going to show up on the podcast. Right. It's not that much noise. This is real life. Like here, we folks. have little mice real or something. Yeah, we don't have mice. The <laughs> there's no mice. No, I just happened to be, I was working 70, 80 hours a week at Philip Morris, and then I was going to school on Saturdays for nine hours in classes for Wake Forest in a business building, downtown Charlotte. And then after class, I would go back to work. And I just ended up with like, I wasn't able to basically poop. And I just, my stomach and I gut and like all of these things were happening. So I went to the doctor and I was like, I am not. I just don't feel good. Like something's wrong with my stomach. It's not, it's just doesn't feel good. I was tired, all that stuff. And so he took an x-ray of my stomach area and basically was just like, do you see all this black stuff? And I was like, yeah. And and I think it was an x-ray and he goes, yeah, that's all poop backed up in your body. And he's like, you're not pooping. Like that's the problem. And I was like, oh, why? He goes, well, what are you doing? Like, what's your life look like? And I go, well, I work like seven days a week pretty much. And then I go to class all day on Saturdays. And I, how long have you been doing this? For a year. And he goes, you've been doing this every week? And I said, yeah, pretty much. And he goes, well, do you think maybe you have a high, like you're experiencing high stress? I go, oh, I guess when I say it that way, it's a possibility. Yeah. So I don't remember how I, it, this went away. Like, I don't recall the result of this conversation afterwards. But yeah, that was a good example of like not being... I haven't thought about that in a long time. You've never told me that full story. I oh, really? I did not know about the poop backup. Oh, yeah. So yeah, my colon was just what filled. What you should have done is gone for a colonic. <laughs> yeah, that would have been But helpful. I know at that time in your life, you didn't know about those. So I just... And then I was just like... I was getting sick and then not being able to go to the bathroom and well, just yeah, stress. Well, yeah, when you have all that poop in you, it's toxic. Yeah. You're going to get and sick. And even my MBA school is not enjoyable. And I was... We had... Like, I was part of this team that didn't function well. Like, they assign you and these team members. You're supposed to stay with them for two years during your MBA program. And our second year in the program, we actually we had to go to the admin office and dissolve the group because it just didn't get along. You know, we just weren't functioning very well. And so to keep, you know, they had to move us to different groups. And it was 
strange in itself, but yeah. And then they announced the plant layoff at Philip Morris. So I knew I was going to lose my job. And then I was trying to, you know, re-educate myself, which, so yeah, it just wasn't a overall. Some people ask me all the time, should I get an MBA? And I'm just like, I don't, don't listen to me because my experience was not well, didn't go well, but I finished, you know, I graduated have this piece of paper that's in a frame that cracked, which I just found. (laughs) That's kind of ironic. Yeah. So, you know, you may have experienced burnout in your life or periods of exhaustion. And so we just want to let you know we've been there too, to, you know, more or less extremes. I've heard way worse cases of burnout than we're sharing with you. But we have had that experience of realizing too late that we've done too much. Yeah. You know, and that's I... essentially what I think burnout is, is having realized that the line for having done too much is way back there and you've already crossed it. Right. And I do, I do, I'm not joking regarding the past five or six years. I know Kate was like, oh, it's called parenting. But the reality is like since 2013, you and I have been working together, 2012, like we have really been going nonstop and with the book launch and then moving and houses and all of that stuff that we've been doing, like nothing has been stable besides us, like our relationship has. But it went from like your book launch to then we planned a wedding. And then the next thing you know, we went on this honeymoon and then we had a kid and then the business has been growing. Like, and then we moved during that time, like three or since we lived in Portland in 2012, we've moved one, two, three times, three, four, five. No. Yep. State street. Oh yeah. We launched the book on Congress. Then we moved to state street. Then we moved to Falmouth. Falmouth. Then we moved to the Yarmouth apartment. Then we moved to, to our, our current house. So right. we've done five moves since 2013. Correct. You're right. So yeah. it's like that doesn't, it's not good. And then traveling a lot, right? We've been all over the place traveling so much. And I, I think 2017 for me, because when we brought Lisa on board, and I've talked about this previously, but like bringing Lisa on board allowed me to like chill. Like it really did allow me to calm down and relax and to really kind of reset myself. And so and there Alicia was... Lisa is our president of our company. If you're just new to the podcast, we right. call her Madam President. And she's been on a couple times, so you can go back and listen to Lisa's episodes because yeah. they're great. I just call her Alicia. Uh, I like to call her Madam I know. President. The rest of the team calls her Madam President, but I just, I was just like... We don't, don't call her that to her face. No. It's more like... You know, we should it, address her. In, she's she's coming here today and we should just... In third person. Like, we she should get her up. a theme song. Yeah. But... I think there's a short term, like there's a burnout that happened for me for like a year. But then I also think there's a long term period as well that can happen where it's like you got to take some time and reset. Just like a computer has to be turned off and turned on like us as well. And I think a lot of that happened. You know, when I really look back at it was there there was no reset for me. Like there was no like meditation practice or there was no like we had Bex on here with the four minute was the four minute meditation you have four minutes to change your life her book rebecca baruki and so it's about these four minute meditations that helped her heal her anxiety right so like there was no consistent practice on that for me that was i was doing to kind of reset myself so yeah Okay, but we're going to talk about how to prevent all of that happening moving forward. Well, I think let's first talk about what to do if you found yourself, if you're listening and you you suspect that you're in one of those periods, what do you do? You know, I'm not a burnout expert by any means, but for me, what I did is I gave myself permission after the book launch to not (laughs) jump into writing another book because the book sold well, Money, A Love Story, and then Hay House wanted another book. Because that's how the publishing world works. Nothing against Day House. I love them. And I just said no for a long time until fall of 20, 
16? I said no. So for three years, I said no. And that felt really good. So I would say like if you're experiencing burnout, looking at what you can say no to is going to be extremely powerful. If you're experiencing burnout, please sign up for the Do Less Experiment. I mean, essentially, that would be the antidote to burnout. So dolessexperiment.com. It's free. Two weeks of little ways to take something off your plate every day. And, you know, I posted a quote the other day that sleep is my spiritual practice, which is true. When people ask me about my spiritual practice, I'm like, well, the number one thing is sleep. You know, of course, I pray, I pull cards, I meditate, I check with my inner guidance, but I sleep first and foremost. That is how I stay connected to myself and I I manage my energy. I mean, I sleep on average nine to 10 hours a night right now. Now, I am pregnant, but I think I do that when I'm you not do pregnant that anyway. <laughs> when you're not, I think you even almost slept more when you weren't pregnant. Maybe. We were just at, we just took Penelope to daycare. We're talking about it at the coffee shop. And Kate was like, she's like, what time did you get up? I'm like 3.45. And she goes, so you need, you operate on like six to six and a half hours of sleep. I was like, yeah, "Yeah, that's like my body wakes them up after six or six and a half hours. That's my sweet spot. Like if I can do that. So, which means I went to bed at like 8.30 last night or nine. No, like nine. Nine. Because I came up at 9.20. Yeah. Because then we counted, you know, how long Kate slept and it was what, almost 10 hours. It was was like nine and a half hours. And yeah, I was like, this is how our life was bit before Penelope was, I was up for two hours by myself, Yeah, you know, and before you were even awake. But I just want to say about sleep, I think this is shifting in our culture, thanks to Ariana Huffington writing her book, The Sleep Revolution, and, you know, some other people talking about the power of sleep. But there has been this underlying notion that sleep is a waste of time and that if you sleep, you are lazy and that you're wasting the day. I mean, I know I certainly grew up with the message that like, if you didn't get up first thing in the morning, the day was wasted. Yeah. There was this obsession with productivity and making the most of, you know, of your time. And, you know, you got to get out there and you got to be doing things. And what's, what's your plan today? And if you've, if you've slept past, you know, seven, you're like a lazy schlub. I mean, <laughs> nobody said that explicitly, but that was sort of the underlying message, especially with two parents who were doctors who were up every, you know, my mom was up every third night delivering babies and they were both on call all the time and they worked all the time. So the message was the more you work, the more valuable you are. Mm-hmm. And it took me a while to stop feeling guilty for sleeping. So I just want to yeah. give you permission if you're listening and you are tired and you're not giving yourself permission to sleep. That's got to be first. Like nothing else happens unless I'm sleeping. And I still struggle a little bit. Like if I'm tired the other day on New Year's Day, we had had, we hosted a lot over Christmas. We hosted six different events at our house. And so we were, we were a little tired. Like mostly they were really fun and easy, but it was a lot of people to have around. And so on New Year's Day, <laughs> When Penelope went down for her nap, I was like, I'm going to go work out. And Mike was like, you're exhausted. You need to go to sleep. And I said, no, I'll feel better if I work out and whatever. And he said, no, you're going to sleep. So I went to sleep. I ended up taking a four-hour nap, which is, I mean, you need to be pretty tired to take a four-hour nap in the middle of the day. And then I got up and I went back to bed at 930. So like four hours later. So anyway, I just want to give you permission to sleep. Yeah. It's and so if important. it's hard for, you know, lives and busy and families, et cetera, it's just, there's got to be a way to figure it out, you know, and we don't have the solution for you. But like, if it's something where you're tired, like 
just kind of really, really look at a situation that get help. I don't know. You know, there's a way for you to kind of figure it out that allows you to have a break, you know, and ask it's asking for help from people that maybe it's your neighbor be like, look, I just need to sleep. And can you come watch the kid for like an hour or something or take a nap or whatever that may be. And if you're having trouble finding time to actually sleep, you may want to go back and listen to our episode with Karen Brody about daring to rest. And you may want to practice yoga nidra. You know, I wrote a book on sleep as a spiritual practice. I wrote a book. I didn't write this book. I wrote a chapter (laughs) about sleep as a spiritual practice for my new book. And in it, I wrote just kind of like a PSA that if you're a new mom or a new parent and you're struggling with getting enough sleep because your kid is awake all the time, that probably like hearing that you need to sleep more is the most irritating thing ever. Correct. Because we've been there and it's like, don't tell me I need to sleep. Like, what the F? I can't. My baby's crying. What do you want me to do? You know? However, if you're in that place, Yoga Nidra could be a great option because even if you can't find a couple hours to sleep, you could find 20 minutes. Like your baby is definitely sleeping for yep. 20 minutes a day. Yeah. And, and if it's, it's kind of like action packing, getting a lot of sleep results in a short period of time. Right. So we're starting that 40 day rest challenge and I'm pretty psyched. And I think with like, I know there's a lot of people, I don't have this issue, but you know, going to sleep, like getting to sleep early or just, you know, falling asleep. I don't have this problem at all. I can fall asleep like in a chair and he can fall asleep in the middle of conversation with me. Yeah. Middle conversation. It's really irritating. In the movies, (laughs) you know, all this stuff, like, you know, fall asleep in the movies. Sometimes he falls asleep in the movies and he snores. So anyway, it's bad. There, there's different methods. I know Gabby Reese and Neil Strauss have a podcast called The Truth Barrel, and they have had quite a few sleep people like on there to improve your sleep. Oh, cool. So that's great references to go check out and listen to them. And there's also this other thing about taping your mouth shut, because if you notice babies, they don't mouth breathe for the most part. They should not be. They started mouth breathing. There's all this research that as we started putting them on their backs because people are so afraid of SIDS, they started doing open mouth breathing instead of being on their stomach and then their nose breathing. And that's where really, that reduces anxiety. That's actually better. We're more rested. As we operate in our life, we should be breathing for our nose more often. That so activates your parasympathetic nervous system, which is rest and restore, as opposed to your sympathetic nervous system, which is activated by breathing through your mouth, which is fight or flight. Right. Great. I like that. Side note on SIDS. Yeah, I knew. Oh, you're going to We'll say come it? back to that. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> I think got, about, we got to so talk about SIDS. I know we will. And so the, this whole, I tape my mouth shut every night. Like it's no, no joke. It's still, I just want to tell you. It's still bizarre. When I get up to pee 800 times a night and we have this, it's kind of a far walk from our bed to the bathroom. So we have this nightlight because otherwise I was like hitting the wall when I would walk across to this motion activated nightlight comes on yeah because it's completely blackness like those you that live in new york city you don't experience because we this. have blackout curtains and the whole thing yeah so then when i walk back to the bed i can see you and i <laughs> every night it startles me that i look over and like my husband's sleeping with his mouth tape shut it's like a horror movie <laughs> it's because i could be like foaming from the mouth or it's just creepy but i um, but i support it but have you noticed anything different you don't snore okay it's very rare that you snore. If you fall asleep without the tape on your mouth, you snore immediately. And if you've eaten like dessert or a lot of dairy, yeah, you still snore a little dessert. bit. 
but the snoring has decreased significantly since you've taped your mouth shut. Oh, great. See? And so, that will, that will, that's a great way to heal burnout as well is to breathe through your nose because it will activate your parasympathetic nervous system. That's great. So what do you notice? Truthfully, nothing. Okay. Like, <laughs> I, I don't notice. Remember, we were with our friend Chris Renfro who was talking about this. And he noticed all these changes when he started taping his mouth shut. And he's been doing it for like a year and a half. And I first heard about this on the Gabby and Neil Strauss show. And then when I worked out with Gabby and Laird Hamilton here in Maine about a year ago or last summer or something, I asked Gabby about this. And she was like, oh, yeah, you know, we started talking all about it. So I just started and then I forgot about it. And then Chris Renfro came and he said he's been doing it for like a year and a half. We were sitting around your mom's table. Then everybody started taping their mouth shut because that's what happens family. in our circle of people. It's like one person says one thing to try and then we all do it. We're very tribal. Like, there's not like this great skeptic in our circles anymore. It's just like we're all in. Let's all do it. Some people quit. So if you want to tape people, your mouth you know. shut at night, it's the 3M micro porous tape yeah. that you want to get. Other kinds don't work. I would say it's it's a little make. I put chapstick on before. It's kind of it's. I wouldn't say it's intense, but it's. I mean, your mouth is shut, right? I had to stop doing it. Well, I you kept were freaking out, waking up, panicked. I think it has to do with being pregnant. So I'm going to try again after we after the baby yeah. comes out. But I I don't notice. Like I don't wake up differently. I but don't. your wife is happier because you're not snoring. Well, I know it's better for me. So I feel but like I would say there's not a direct result that I can tell. Okay. But I do know breathing through my nose overall is better no matter what. So. It also decreases sinus congestion yeah. when you breathe through your nose. Here's what I do know. This is actually, I've wondered this the whole time, this whole winter, because Penelope's had a couple of colds. You have had a couple of colds. And until I just got my first nasal congestion thing happening all winter right now, mm -hmm. you know, and it just happened like two days ago. And... I was attributing it to taping my mouth shut, actually. That wouldn't surprise because me. Because it's I haven't been sick. And, and we so, can't tape Penelope's mouth shut. <laughs> no, she breathes through her nose anyway. Mostly, yeah. Yeah, except if she's congested. But she actually <laughs> breathes all through her nose. And I just like, I wonder if it's the fact that I'm nose breathing because it's cleaning the air that, you know, my nostrils and all that stuff are Yeah, cleaning. the nostril hairs are right. designed to trap the toxins. Right. And the material that goes in, so the germs and all that stuff, so that, and then when you sneeze, it shoots it, it out. It comes it out. Or when you blow. Or you have boogers or whatever. <laughs> or there you blow your nose yeah. and that. I mean, it's a whole process where our bodies are. Genius. The bodies are insane, people. Like, okay, I didn't know all this stuff. Like, Kate's known this stuff for, like, her whole life. But, like, what our body is, has the ability to do and how much we are trained to not trust ourselves. It's insane. Like, I just got to say that, you know, just like. Well, it was really funny. The crazy. other day I was talking to my dad and my bonus mom, and they're much more conventional than we are around medicine. And my dad was an orthopedic surgeon for years. And they were, I don't know, dad and Tracy, I, I assume you guys don't listen to the podcast, but if you do, hi. What's up? <laughs> About to expose you. No, I'm just No, kidding. no, no. It was just, it was just a funny conversation because. No, I would never, I would never throw anybody under the bus, but they were asking me about our birth plans and for this second baby and in the state of Maine, you cannot have a VBAC delivered by a midwife because they passed this new licensing thing and you, you definitely can't have a VBAC at home. So unfortunately or fortunately, whatever, however you look at it, I'll be in the hospital with an OB, but this wonderful naturopathic 
midwife Obi is also attending the birth sort of as a doula and then my mom will be there as well and then Mike and so my dad and Tracy asked me well what happens if somebody if there's a difference in opinion on what you should do during the birth like if the OB says that you should have a c-section but your mom you know like what if all the three people attending don't agree who will you listen to and I said myself (laughs) and they looked at me like I was insane it was a very funny moment but that was like obviously like if there's a difference in opinion I'm going to check in with my body first which it's seems true. so obvious to me, but they looked at me like I had three heads. No. And I just was reminded like, oh, yeah, my way of thinking about the body and health is definitely, you know, it's a little bit off the radar. It's about trusting who like your own sense of self. It's like, I don't know, about a month ago, we were in Naples for vacation in Florida in early December. And I posted that thing about the flu shots. Because I went to this doctor for this eczema stuff I got going on, and I'm just, it's going to go away. I'm just really rebuilding my immune system, and it's moving, and it's doing its thing, and it's itchy, but it'll eventually go away. And they wanted me to do all this steroid stuff, and I was just like, I'm not going to do it. Like, I just, so, of course, they called it into the pharmacy, and the pharmacy kept calling me repeatedly, 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 until I finally said, I'm not going to get this, fill it, and... So I posted about this and they go, okay, would you like to, at the end of it, I was like, I'm not going to fill my prescription, but thank you so much for calling and have a great day. And she goes, well, would you like to come in and get your flu shot? And I go, what? I'm not calling about a flu. Like what is going on here? And they just started pitching me the flu. So I went on this whole thing about where's follow the money, right? Trace the money. Why are the flu shots being pitched as a person over the phone? Why do they have flu shot signs everywhere? What is going on? And like the story, like I posted about this on Facebook and it's, it's really fascinating to hear people's reactions and responses and you know the questions were just like why don't you trust your doctor why aren't you picking up your prescription why aren't you doing this because i was just like because it's not that the doctor doesn't know better you know but he doesn't know better than me like in my body and and then if i'm going to get shoulder surgery or like hip surgery i'm not going to do that myself yeah you know you're gonna that's western medicine is amazing for massive issues like that are going on we are amazing at it we suck at keeping people healthy like that from is a medical from a medical perspective and like because we're not trained in health like western medicine is about training sickness like it really it's about is about so treating sickness treating sickness and treating me. emergencies right which and is great tra- which is great we need and it. we're awesome but like when it comes to okay what is the form of and then i have louise hayes book you can heal your own life on my desk and i read her quote about eczema every single day you okay. know yeah what's, and so what's the affirmation well i have to go get it oh. you want me to get it yeah i'm curious yeah, okay and then i I'm, while you do that i'm just gonna give my quick psa on sids so sids is sudden infant death syndrome it's the leading cause of death for babies under six months and what many studies have found is that SIDS has been on the rise since the 1950s when flame retardants in mattresses began being required. Because what happens is babies sleeping emit heat, because all of our bodies do, and their heat and the chemicals from the heat and their little body sweating then interact with the chemicals in the flame retardants and they emit toxic gases. And if the baby is on their stomach, they can basically asphyxiate from the toxic gases. However, in places where they have taken the flame retardants out of mattresses, SIDS is not an issue. 
So I just wanted to say that because I think it's something people don't think about and it's really important to get your baby an organic mattress. It's really important and to get yourself yourself as mattress. well. But you know, if you have a limited amount of funds, start with your kids because their little systems are smaller yes. <laughs> and more susceptible to toxicity. But definitely we got Penelope an avocado mattress. It's really great. It was mm-hmm. less expensive than our organic mattress because it was like, a, it's I think a little, just a little bit more. It's just a different company. It's just a different company. Yeah. But anyway, also all baby jammies and kid jammies are sprayed with flame retardants except for organic ones. So Kiki Pants is a great brand that does not have flame retardants in it. Or you might want to just go buy used jammies like at a kid's resale store so that those have been washed out over the years by another family. It's just things to think about. Yep. We are so off the topic of burnout. The topic of burnout. (laughs) I mean, what is this word? This stuff is important that people should know. So eczema, it says probable cause. And I didn't even look at this section until right now. What does this say? Breathtaking antagonism mental eruptions what is breath what does antagonism mean antagonism is like you are antagonistic that's perfect for you actually (laughs) like antagonism is when like you know how you're always like poking the bear yes correct and you're like you get in there with people so like the way you ask questions of people is antagonistic so like some people sugarcoat something so they'll be like Hey, do you happen to have our tripod that you borrowed? I was just look. I can't find it. And I was just wondering if you might still have it would be the way most people would ask that question. And antag- did Carrie bring this up yesterday? No. Is that why? I'm just, no, I'm just saying. Uh-huh. <laughs> An antagonistic way of asking that question what? is like, hey, where's my tripod? Why are you holding on to that? Or like, but with or with the energy of like. Right. I understand what you're saying. It's like there's no buffer. Correct. Yeah. So you are antagonistic. Yeah. Apparently in a breathtaking way. <laughs> Basically. I, I would imagine Carrie brought that up since you thought of tripod. But, Not necessarily. Uh, I was oh, just okay. making it up. Oh, because I texted two people that have borrowed our tripod and I said, do you still have our tripod? Is that what you said? Something like that. Yeah. I, I mean, want to read the text and see what you actually said. Okay. Because, no, it's interesting because. What? I'm not going to bring it up. Okay. Right what's now. the it's affirmation? It's going to take too long. The new thought pattern, harmony and peace, love and joy surround me and indwell me. I am safe and secure. Hmm. So that's beautiful. Yeah. That's what I've been doing to try to clear up the eczema as well as that's pretty much it. And just like changing my. Thanks, Luis. Kind of a little bit of the diet. You know, I've been thinking about this meatless idea for a while. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but that's what are we talking about now? Okay. Let's get back back to burnout. to burnout. I think we did a really great sidetrack. My antagonistic thing. But I will say it's becoming less and less. And as I have also addressed my own anxious attachment style, I care about it less and less. So let's let's say why this is an issue, right? Because like, it's a great thing. It's a great thing to be direct. Right. Here's a great example of Mike's antagonistic side. This is what I came up with driving yesterday. So I've been thinking about this concept... I'll just read it to you. This is not set in stone, but this is kind of what I came up with. I've been thinking about a new thing with Project Life with Mike Watts because oh, I've been wanting to change it up a little bit. Project Life with Mike Watts, where we talk about, I put rowing and running a business. I was doing <laughs> text voice. That's not correct. About owning, <laughs> owning and running a business with the family and we dive into topics 
that nobody else wants to talk about. Love that. Love, politics, money, and religion. You know, and then I said, we discuss the system that make you up, right? Because my thought with this, now this was all like text stream. So I just wanted to put the ideas on a piece of paper then we can make it sound better. But like, what makes us all up? It's like, people say, don't talk about religion and politics. And I'm like, we should be talking about religion and politics. Like, and so I said, that's the whole problem. Like, that's the issue. Let's, let's just sugarcoat the thing. Right. But like, that makes us who we are. Right. Right. Like, because I was raised Catholic by you know my parents, but like, I don't know anything about Jewish religion. I don't know no, anything about Muslim religion. I had Muslim to tell religion. you that like, Christmas was not about the resurrection. <laughs> it's because I screwed up. <laughs> I was I was saying things wrong in like a way, and then Kate was like, "To fix me." It's like, who grew up going to Sunday school? You <laughs> obviously, like, you weren't listening. So, but like, why is it that we are? Why is it that we don't learn this other aspect of the rest of the world? Like, why don't we learn about Islam? Why don't we learn about? Well, in some places, you do Jewish religion, right? I grew up. We learned about all the different religions of the world in school. Maybe we did too, but I just never paid attention. But like. I don't know, but like, why isn't, why do we have, but that's great. We can learn about all of those, but the high percentage, I think it's like 85% of people believe the same religion that their parents did, right? It's like, it's a really high percentage. I don't know how the exact number, but I remember reading a study on this where I was like, holy smokes, like we don't have any self thought about any, like there's no. Well, then think about how that translates to other belief systems. Oh, 100%. We just adopt what our parents thought without thinking about it. Right. Which is why reading Dr. Shafali Sabari's work is so important. The Conscious Parent, The Awakened Family, and she's going to be on the podcast in May, and I'm pretty psyched about it. Yeah. Okay. Let's go back to burnout and finish out this episode. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> how are we preventing burnout in 2018? Doing all the things we just talked about. Yeah. Nose breathing. Yep. Sleep. No chemicals on your mattress. Saying no. Yep. I do believe like reducing harmful chemicals in your environment is super powerful. So huge. Reducing pesticide consumption, reducing hormone consumption, minimizing plastics in your home. I mean, we could do a whole episode on how to get toxins out of your home and out of your body. Yeah. But that could be part of healing burnout for sure because if your body is on high alert because of toxic load from alcohol from drugs from things you don't even know are coming into your home and in your body your body will not be able to rest because it's constantly fighting those things that you're putting into it so that's like a whole other thing certainly toxic thinking And that's why next week's episode is going to be amazing, the Judgment Detox, so we can detox ourselves of toxic thoughts with Ms. Gabrielle Bernstein. But then the other thing that's really important for burnout prevention is simply scheduling and rest time. Yeah, there's so much more. Like, we haven't even talked about the internet, social media, news, you know, from a burnout perspective, because that drains... But we did last week. Yes, that drains our mental state we right talked we talked about, about a lot of that last yeah week. we talked about consumption so just from that aspect as well like it's so important that you're in control instead of that device or anything like the tv or programmings or netflix or movies or whatever that may be is in control yeah so i have a question for you regarding burnout because i feel like everybody has a pattern right so what is your pattern when you feel burned out on a Maybe it's not like a year basis, like in between your book that you talked about at the beginning of the podcast, but like 
on a daily basis? Like, how do you know when you are burnt out and you're doing? Oh, something? I know when I'm burned out because I start feeling like I need lots of snacks and I start wanting to really zone out on social media. So those are my two signs or I get cranky. So those are three signs. Like I get noshy. I want to zone out on my phone or I get cranky. So those would be my three signs that I actually need a real break. Mm-hmm. And scanning my Instagram feed is not a real break. I mean a real break like working out, like, you know, meditating, doing yoga nidra, eating an actual meal that has some vegetables, some healthy fats, maybe cool. taking a drive, taking a walk. Yeah. How about you? It's great. Sugar, eating sugar for sure. Like when I sleep going to the cabinet or whatever that may be, like driving in there. Driving in the cabinet? Or, yeah, driving into it. Yeah, or just run it <laughs> That's over. That's how you know it's That's really, really bad. bad. Yeah, it's like going for cookies or chocolate, video like videos. I haven't done this in a while, but basically I could, I would have watched, when I was, you know, in Arizona, I watched the whole season of Seinfeld, right? Or you dive into No, the something. whole series of Seinfeld. The whole series, yeah. And Entourage, yeah. I was trying to like regain In humor. how long? A day? No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. It's not possible. I don't know. It was you know over the course of a month or something. That's a lot of TV. Yeah, but I was also like developing websites and my. I was not in a. Uh, I was kind of depressed during that time. But also like being on not necessarily. I wouldn't say social media to a degree. I go more towards like YouTube videos or something like that, or like a show. Yeah. would be that way so it is a checkout process right like our numbing whatever your numbing, numbing behavior correct. is is yeah. going to be a sign that you actually need a rest right so when i get like really noshy at night and i notice that i'm just standing by the cabinet eating i know it's time to go to bed you know and so yeah. it's a little tricky being pregnant because i have to say a lot of the times i actually am just hungry before going to bed <laughs> That's neither here nor there. Now, so for 2018, we have done an annual planning episode last year, how we do our year-end review and annual plan. And we touched on it a little bit in the best and worst of 2017 and what's coming in 2018. But I wanted to say one of the things we do in our personal life and in our business is we plan downtime ahead of time. Because if you don't plan for it, it will get taken over. Because, you know, I know, for example... What'll happen is I don't plan in my exercise in a week. I won't plan in my writing time. And then suddenly the week is going and I have things scheduled and I'm like, shit, I don't have time to do the things that are the most important to me to rest, to exercise and to write because I haven't put in the non-negotiables first. So I have a Sunday night ritual that I go through with my origin planner and I plan the week. And I schedule those things in. But I think what I'm going to start doing is actually scheduling in all the workout and writing time like three mo- in three-month chunks, so doing it quarterly, because otherwise, sometimes a week in advance, it's already eaten up. But on a macro scale, you have to do that in your schedule. So planning whatever, if you're like, okay, we want to take two family vacations this week, even if it's a staycation, it doesn't have to be going away, you have to mark it out ahead of time. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. So as a company, we have scheduled in 
a two-week break in August and a two-week break in December. So we know those times are company-wide downtime. We're not hustling ahead of time to batch content and get all this stuff done. We're just literally not doing anything as a company for two weeks so that we're not doubling the time of work beforehand and afterwards we're just taking those weeks off. Right. I'm doing this year a five-month maternity leave and some people have asked how that came about because it's a little bit of an odd number. So I definitely wanted to do three months because I felt like three months is what I did with Penelope and by the end of three months I was really twitchy to start working again. So I figured that would be pretty accurate. But then our astrologer, Jennifer Rossiopi, who's the resident astrologer in origin and who we did an episode with a couple months ago said, just based on my chart, there's something about Mars, I don't know, that if I try to work this summer, I'm going to be frustrated. So I was just like, well, I will have just come off maternity leave. I'll just extend it. I'll just be home for five months. Being And she was like, this is a really good summer to take off and be a mom. So, you know, you don't have that opportunity all the time. No. Or at least I don't. I do want to talk uh, to avoid to minimize burnout when it comes to work. Just kind of hit on what you just shared. I've been working with like three clients in the last week about I've been interviewing, you know, I've been taking a lot of initial calls with folks who would like to hire me. If you want to do that, you can go to MikeJWatts.com. little plug there. There's a whole shows kind of what I've been doing and helping people with. But the biggest thing I could say that changed the game in our business in the last, when I really look at the last year was having someone help us plan stuff. And like when Licia came on board and that's what I did with Sarah Jenks was one of my recent clients down in Massachusetts. She posted all about this so I can, you know, freely talk about it. But basically the biggest thing we did for her, she's having a baby in June, right? And we mapped out the year from January to June. And I go, you know, the question was like, when do you write your blog post? When do they go to your team? She's like, oh, they go out on like Wednesday and I get the blog post done on Monday. And to me, that was the most irritating thing ever about like working with Kate when it came to our business was our team had to turn this stuff over quickly. And I was like, you have to start writing earlier. And it took somebody else to come in here to make that happen because... We can't hear things from the people we love the most. So because of the frustration that it caused within our team, and she had to hear it from the other team members. So now I'm writing the blogs for March. Yeah. Now it's like so far in advance, which is awesome. But like that hands down is the greatest thing that happened. That transition from 2016, 2017 is to make sure that you get your plan of content production done because what will really cut down on the burnout phase is this planning advanced? Well, because and if you're in advanced planning and you're doing things ahead of time, you're not rushing. That is correct. And rushing creates burnout. Rushing creates the burnout. So Licia is now planning like our launches and products for 2018. And people are emailing us and want us to promote their stuff or whatever in the year. We're like, well, we're already filled up well, for the entire... We're already planning 2019. I know. That's what I'm talking about. Like, We're already mapping this out, which is creating a much easier flow for the year and then leading into 2018. Like, Think about like... Just a perspective for like a lot of us are small business entrepreneurs that are like one or two people or five or whatever that is. But like think about Apple, right? Apple just launched iPhone X this year. It was like the next greatest phone. Get it here, here, and here. Do you think they just start working on their iPhone 11 or whatever number it is? Like it will right be. after the phone launches this year? No, this has been in production for what's coming next has been already in production because when you plan something so massive, like these massive companies, right? Like Apple to not only finalize the phone, then go to production to get millions of phones delivered around the world. That requires 
years of planning to happen, right? So even though we're small business owners and we're not Apple, if we start operating our business that way, life does become easier. So you might have a business, but there's probably something that you can do at your job that also allows it to happen as well. You can do this inside of your family. Like I know Penelope has to go to daycare tomorrow. So what happens? Like I should probably prep dinner like food at night yeah i do that when i'm putting away dinner i put little bits in her little containers to take to school so that in the morning we can just stick it in her lunchbox correct yeah it makes it a little bit easier just those small little things so i do that because i love you honey that is hands down thank you the it's the biggest thing that i've seen with these i was like three or four clients that i've worked with this far that i've talked to recently in the last week week and a half has been it's the same thing it's, so I it's the rushing about... aspect of trying to get it done tomorrow, but finishing it today. And how we live is like a badge of honor. It's like, I'm rushing. Yes, this is awesome. So what comes up for a lot of people around pre-planning like that, I just, because I yeah, go ahead. know people like this. <laughs> I love having a plan out in advance like that. And I think there's different personality types that love it versus get scared. There are a set of the population that gets very nervous because they're afraid of the commitment of like, okay, if I nail down my editorial plan or my marketing plan for 2018 ahead of time, that means then I'm committed. And what if something better comes along? Right. So then there's like this fear of, well, if I commit, that means I might miss out on something that I don't yet know is coming later on. And I will tell you without a shadow of a doubt, if you can't commit to things and if you can't like put your name in writing and actually say, yes, I'm going to show up for this thing and it's in the future and I am committed to it, that shows the universe like that you are the kind of person who can even experience greater opportunities. Because if you can't commit to things, you know, a month in advance or two months in advance or three months in advance because you're afraid something better is going to come along. That just is saying to the universe, you're a flake and you don't deserve bigger opportunities. So my recommendation to you is if you are afraid of commitment because you think you're going to miss out on something later on, I guarantee you your lack of commitment will guarantee that you will miss out on greater opportunities down the line because your energy is flaky. So I just wanted to say that as an alternative perspective. And by the way, like in an editorial calendar, you know, we have my blogs planned out through August of 2018. But if in writing the blog for next week, I feel like writing about something else, unless we have some promotion going on, I will just write about what I feel like writing about. But it's really nice to have a plan because if I show up at the table without something I want to write about, then there's something there. So it requires less energy to get going because there's a whole topic laid out for me. So it's not like everything is glued in and like set in stone and, you know, nailed to the table. You can move things around, but that commitment is a very powerful energetic attractor for the universe to send you even more powerful things. Boom. Which will also help prevent burnout because when you can't commit, you waste a lot of time and energy rushing and doing things last minute and missing out on things 100 percent, and it stresses other people out it's really not good for the relationships in your life no Mm. especially if like you run a business with these people yes and that's what i found now having a larger team my level of commitment 
And my level of ahead of time planning has to be higher because I can't just like turn in a blog post at 11 p.m. the night before and expect our team to then turn it around and get it out. It's disrespectful to them. It's not kind. So I know that I need to get it done a week in advance, if not more, to be respectful of their time so I'm not causing them unnecessary stress because I don't want our team to be operating in their sympathetic nervous system. I want them to be in rest and restore because our whole company is about rest and restore. You know, we're not trying to propagate fight or flight. There's enough of that going on in the world. So I think that's good. Cool. Great. So (laughs) thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. If you would like to prevent burnout in 2018, join the Do Less Experiment. Come over to dolessexperiment.com. You can sign up for a few more days. We are going strong thousands across the world doing less purposefully so we can have more. And we will see you next week for the Judgment Detox with Ms. Gabrielle Bernstein. And all the notes are at knorthrop.com forward slash podcast. And please subscribe and and leave leave a a review. review. Cheers. Do you feel overwhelmed and like there's way too much on your plate and like you just can never get anything done? I have an invitation for you. In January, I'm inviting you to spend 14 days with me during the Do Less Experiment. This is a 14-day experiment where we're going to see what will happen if for 14 days in tiny ways each day, we do less. We take little things off your plate to create more space for what truly matters. All you need to do to join us is go to Do Less Experiment dot com sign up for free and i will see you in january for spaciousness ease and doing less the do less experiment dot com